Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us. How you doing, Suzanne? I'm good. I'm good. Grateful for another year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but we were just talking, you guys, before we started recording. What year is this again? I know. I keep thinking, I told Stacy. I keep thinking it's 2021, just because I feel like 2020 was just last year. I mean, I know that's kind of a normal thing in the new year that you keep writing 2021, but in my head, I can't grasp. I feel like, well, we did kind of miss a year, but yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's been so interesting. I've been reading about what the effects of the pandemic will have in, on us and our society in 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I read was the inability to plan and dream for the future because everything is so uncertain. One of the biggest areas we're going to see a gap in is innovation. Mm-hmm. So we will. it'll take about a decade, according to the researchers. But in about a decade, we'll be able to look back and see a gap in innovation and in technology uh, advancement because there has been so much uncertainty. And one of the things our brain does at that point is it can't keep planning for a future because everything changes as an and is uncertain. Wow, that's really interesting. I know. I found out some very interesting things. Who knows if it's true? We'll get right. back together. In a- <laughs> really, they don't know if it's true, right? Because yeah. they're doing it along with us. That's but right. we'll see. So we'll get back together in a decade, and uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so in this episode, we're actually going to be talking about how to plan for the future because it's January. And so I'm sure we've all been thinking about resolutions and goals Or maybe it's a few weeks into January and we're wishing that we'd never thought about resolutions or goals. Right. Or we made resolutions and goals and we have thrown them all out the window already. Or we have hit distractions because what you guys don't know is this is the third time we've sat down Mm -hmm. to record this podcast. Yep. Yeah, it's the third time. Because I am forgetful, and so anyway, I forget different things that we need to record well, the podcast. Well, and I had a small mental breakdown the second time, so Stacy was gracious to let us reschedule. So she's being gracious again. Well, I, we have been gracious to each other, and if you don't have a girlfriend who knows how to be gracious to you, uh, email us, text us, because we will be gracious to you, because we appreciate the grace that's poured out. So, so Suzanne, um, what are some goals? Did you have any goals last year? Are you a goal setter? Are you not a goal setter? So I kind of get caught up in it every year like this. You know, we see so much of it in that, especially that week between Christmas and New Year's. And it's just like it's everywhere and it's overwhelming. And there is something that I usually get caught up into it. And I make, you know, like a couple New Year's resolutions, but I quit doing that years ago. Um, And last year actually was the first year we kind of like sat down as a family and tried to work through that. Um, So we did a little bit last year, um, but not typically a huge goalie kind of person. Yeah. 
I understand that. I have a kind of a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. with it. And I think it may be kind of what you were talking about, that idea that you you feel the pressure because every social media post was, here's how to make 2022 count. Here's how to make a difference. Here's how to make it your year. Here's mm-hmm. what to do to set your goals and your resolutions. And for me, if I don't meet my goal, then I beat myself up. And it's really hard on me mentally, and I'm very negative to myself. And so I'll just share with you guys, one of the goals I had set for 2021 was to run Kiowa Half Marathon. I've already paid the registration fee, and I really wanted to run it. Due to a lot of different reasons, I did not train, so therefore I made the decision not to run it. But I really struggled with that, and I really fought feelings of inadequacy and feelings of being a failure because I didn't run that race in December like I had set in my mind to do. It wasn't like I'd even agreed to run it with someone and I backed out on them. I backed out on myself and I was angry with myself. I had to forgive myself because I was really angry and disappointed and actually really did go through the week around the race. I really went through a time of um, sort of depression. And I know that's, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but for me, it was really, I mean, I woke up in the mornings and the first thing I thought was, you suck. I can't believe you didn't run that race. I mean, seriously, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you just do it? And so I have a tendency to steer away from goals because of that negative effect. But on the other side of it, I know that I need to challenge myself to think about trying to, you know, do things that I wouldn't normally do. So uh, one of the goals, one of the other goals I set for myself was to be a woman of God who hears his voice clearly and responds in obedience. Uh, And that was very scary for me, but I wrote it out on my phone that that was one of the goals I wanted to be. And I think for me, that was the idea that I wanted to learn how to hear God's voice. So I started another note section on my phone for what I know for sure. And every time that I knew I heard the voice of God speak for sure, I wrote it down in that note section Mm -hmm. to help me better understand how I'm hearing the voice of God. Because I don't know about you guys, but it does not come natural. It's not like when I know it's Suzanne's voice and I'm like, oh, that's Suzanne. I know Suzanne. I don't hear God's voice that clearly in my life, except there have been a few times. And so that has really helped me. That was one of my biggest goals. And not only that I would hear his voice, but that I would have a heart to obediently respond to it. And I would say, I did that some. I did that some. I think that's such a cool idea to um because I think that your goal what was it again to be a faithful obedient woman yes, something like that who clearly hears the voice of yes. god I think that should be all of our goals always forever and ever amen uh but I love the idea that you said about putting it in your phone like when you know you hear because it you would think that we wouldn't forget when we hear the voice of the creator of the universe and when I say the voice I personally don't hear the audible voice of God. I don't know if you do. I do not okay. hear that. Okay. <laughs> I do not hear his audible voice. And I voice. think that's why sometimes we struggle to know, like, is this God or is it me? Because it's often our voice, like, in our head that we hear. But, um, yes, there are times when it's undeniably that you know. And I love that idea because we forget. We need to remember Um, I love that. Yeah. And I actually had an opportunity with one of my children recently where a situation happened and we were kind of debriefing about the situation because it could have been a little bit of a scary situation. And um, my kid said to me, well, mom, I felt like before that happened, God said something's going to happen. And I said, 
Okay, then what we need to take away from this is whatever you remember hearing in that moment, that feeling that you had, that is 100% the voice of God. So remember that, hold on to that so that when you hear it again, you can lean into it a little bit more because it's not a science because you probably hear God's voice in the tone and conversation that you have to yourself. At least I hear God sort of being sarcastic. Not that I'm saying God is sarcastic. He is not. But he meets us where we are. And so I would think you have a really great sense of humor, Suzanne. So I think that God's probably a whole lot funnier to you than he is to me. Like, I think that sometimes he probably speaks to you in a humorous way. Yeah, I think um, it, it probably depends on what I'm trying to get wisdom on from God. But I do feel like I, there's this little thing. And if you've ever heard me teach, I've probably said it during the teaching because I feel like a lot of times when I like have my own plans or like I know how to handle a situation, I just like in my head, I'll hear like, that's cute, Suzanne. You know, yeah. like I feel like, OK, that's God. Like, that's cute because I get it. Like that speaks to me. Like, that's cute that you think you know how to handle this or how you think I'm asking you to do this, but no, you're, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, that is interesting. So that and that was all for free again. You know, yeah. we love to tell you guys that, but uh, <laughs> but that was one of my goals. So did you um, say that you had something specific last year or the year before? So last year was the first year we kind of sat down as a little family and said, hey, because also if you have a teenage boy, you know, getting them to communicate with you can be difficult. So. Um, that was part of that. I'm like, hey, I wonder what his goals and dreams and aspirations are. Because if I just ask him that, I mean, he begrudgingly did this little um, experiment anyway with me. But I was looking at some of them and it was your typical things like, you know, I want to I wanted to um, improve my health. Now, at 42, the reasons I want to improve my health are much different than when I would set resolutions at 25 to lose 15 pounds or whatever it was. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> In your 40s, you're just like wanting your health to, to satisfy right. I just so you can wake, get up out of bed. Right. I just want to wake up and my back not hurt. Um, and then like to get off a medicine or two that I've had to start. And um, I laughed at that because I have not. That has not happened. Um, and then to be extremely honest with you, it says that I would like to um, start cut, stop cussing so much. There there you go. And to be um, slower to anger. Mm -hmm. And those are two things. I mean, I do think I have grown in, um, I'm still growing and I will probably continue to grow in that area of not being so quick to anger because that's like a, a thing for me. And I'm always constantly working on that. And the cussing is something I still need to, to work on, you know, in my there you go. Yeah, so. <laughs> there are a lot of people in my life that cuss and love Jesus. Uh, yes. Now, I'm I won't not call saying, them out by now. I usually, it's like, you know, when I'm probably, that's why I wrote those two together. I thought that was interesting looking back that I wrote those two together, quick to anger and cussing, because it's not like I just sit around and cuss when I'm happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just have a visualization of just like, just totally joyful, just letting it roll. And not that cussing in and that like, I probably feel a little even more liberated about cussing than maybe some super conservative people is just that that's not how I want to talk. It just seems to be how I am when I'm angry. So 
Yeah. That's super vulnerable, but yes, now you can you can judge me, but you're probably laughing right now because you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Some of you listening. <laughs> no, I love that. And I love that idea that it is connected to the anger because honestly, scripture talks about it doesn't use the word cuss, it uses coarse language mm-hmm. or coarse joking also. And I think it's the intention behind it. And so if you notice that when you are angry and you're responding in your anger and it leads you to that cussing, then the motive of that is probably what you're saying that you want to not do anymore. Right. Because I we, have that same conversation with my son a lot because he'd be like, I can't believe you just said that word. And I'm like, I, I know, and you're right, and I'm sorry, and please forgive me. But when you just said so-and-so was a stupid idiot, it's kind of the same concept because the motive of your heart was the same as the motive of my heart, anger, discord, you know, all of these things. And that's coarse language. It doesn't have to literally be a four-letter word. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I love that. Well, I'm going to hold you accountable now that yeah. you've said those goals. So I'm still well. working. Those are carried over goals, kind of like you can carry over time off. This is my carried over goal for the year. There you go. And I'm carrying over my goal, too, to be um, an obedient woman of God. And I'm going to carry over the goal Gosh, yours of— yours sounds so richer and better than mine. I'm like, I want to quit cussing. And you're like, I want to hear the voice of God. Stop. See? <laughs> the enemy does that. And we, we're going to get into that in a few minutes, ladies. So we're going to talk to you about um, the power that comes in the accusations that we hear. We're going we're gonna to deal with that. So, Suzanne, hold on, okay? Because we're right. coming back I'm to hold that on. one. And then I'll hit you in the back of the head for believing the lie. Um, so yeah, I think setting those goals, you know, and then deciding, should we set them? But I, what I was going to say too, is I am going to set the goal of running Kiowa again, but I don't want to set that as a goal, but that's why I'm telling everyone right now, it is public knowledge. I want to run that half marathon in December and I'm going to do my best to try and do it. But if I don't, I don't like to set a goal when I think, well, I might fail at it. And so that's a really hard thing for me. So that's me being vulnerable in the fact that I'm saying I want to set that goal, even knowing that I may not achieve it. So, yeah. well, I love that you've just told us all that. So, so you, anyone who's listening who knows me, you can hold me accountable in September. Say, hey, how's the training going? Have you started? Yeah. Are you doing the runs? And what if you want to run it with her, even better. Absolutely. I I'm will not be because that will hinder my goal to quit cussing so much. <laughs> I love it. That's true. That's good. So we want to look at, because, you know, here on Savor, our whole point is helping us discover the goodness of God by delighting in His heart and in His Word. And so we want to see, what does Scripture tell us? Is it even biblical to set resolutions and goals? Like, do you think that's something something that the Bible indicates that we should do? Because out of my reading of the Bible, and it's not exhaustive, obviously, I have never read a Bible that says, Thus saith the Lord, you shall set New Year's resolutions. Thus saith the Lord, set goals for yourself. Um, but there are a few scriptures that stand out that kind of help us answer that. So I want, we want to just kind of talk to you guys about some of those scriptures and, and read those scriptures um, with you guys. So the first one comes out of Philippians 3. And um, really, it's verses 13 and 14. But I want to back up and start in verse 12. And the Apostle Paul's writing, and he says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, 
forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I think for me, the reason that scripture stands out is just the idea that what is the motive behind your goal? What's the reasoning? What are you trying to do? Because we can have some goals that we want that may not be God's best for us, may not be the plan of God for us. And so I think instead of asking, should I be setting goals? I think we should always try to work on becoming more Christ-like or, you know, having a better um, health or having better finances. But I think it's the motivation. And that's why I love that scripture. So really, it's not is it biblical to set goals? It's what is the goal that we're all working towards? And it's that goal of living a life that's honoring uh, Jesus and demonstrating Jesus and and following after that. So I thought that one was... Uh, yeah, because he talks about the goal and he hasn't reached the goal, but he's keeping his eyes set on the prize. So what's the prize? Yeah, Christ. Right, yeah. So I think that it should... I think that... Um, the goal for us should always be to grow in Christ, you know, growth. And we're kind of looking in my mind, for me personally, um, at this stage in my life, I didn't know this, I wouldn't have thought about it this way, you know, 10 years ago even, um, is what can I do in my life? What areas can I look at that I can try to grow near to Christ in? Mm, That's really good. I like that a lot. That leads us to the next verse too, which is out of Ephesians 4. Um, And again, it's talking about what we've been taught in Christ. And it says, if indeed you have heard him referring to Christ and have been taught in him, in Christ, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And I really like that this is kind of talking about, and Philippians talked about it too, not looking at what is behind, but pressing on. And this is in reference to your former manner of life, lay it aside. And so Maybe you're coming off of 2021 and it wasn't a good year for you. Maybe you drank way more than you wanted to. You shopped way more than you wanted to. You gossiped way more than you wanted to. You were not intentional in areas where you needed to be intentional. You were um, too exhausted or overwhelmed to stay faithful in disciplining your children and protecting them from what they were watching on the internet. I mean, for goodness sakes, we were still in and out of lockdown currently or still in and Mm -hmm. out of quarantine. And sometimes it's like... I just don't have the energy. And so I think the encouragement to me out of these verses is it doesn't matter what last year held for you, but look towards becoming more Christ-like and and leaning into Him when we're working on trying to set goals. Exactly. I think, you know, a lot of times, like you alluded to, is that we get our ideas and, and so focused on these earthly goals, these goals, which some of them are so good and they're rooted in Christ and that's awesome. But like you alluded to, if we don't hit the mark, then we feel like a failure. And I feel like we get on a tailspin with that. Um, and that is going to keep us 
um, with our eyes on the prize, as yeah. Paul talked about. You know, if you're constantly looking behind you, like when you run in Kiowa, you yeah. probably don't look behind you very often, do you? No, I would trip and I mean, fall. I don't, I don't run, so but I would assume <laughs> I you can't don't look, look behind, behind you. <laughs> I can't do that. Right, you have to keep your eyes ahead, and I think. Um, uh, I, I think that's a great analogy is running then, because if you look behind you, you're going to trip and fall. Yeah. And it's the same thing, I think, for us in life. If we stay focused on our past or our failures, then it keeps our eyes off of the prize um, moving forward. Yeah. And at the beginning, you said, you know, if you m- miss the mark, and I think I'll have to look this up, but I think one of the definitions for the word sin is missing the mark. Mm. And I think that goes to Sometimes we know we have had sin in our past or failures in our past that are, you know, us not doing what God's called us to do. And we keep looking at that and we keep thinking, yeah, but I did that. I did that. And if we have truly asked for forgiveness, we know scripture says that we are freely, totally forgiven. That's why this verse talks about we have been created in the likeness of God, created in righteousness and holiness of the truth, that when we are in Christ, that when we ask for forgiveness, we, it's done. So stop looking at your failure because what you're doing in that moment when you keep thinking, yeah, but I sinned, I did wrong, I did that, is God's not big enough to forgive. Mm. And that's not true. If you have repented, if you've turned away from that, you've asked God to forgive you, He does over and over and over again. And so that's the encouragement. Stop looking behind you because you're just going to trip and fall and get messed up in the past. Press on towards the goal of becoming more Christ-like, looking, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And then there's one more verse I want to share with you guys. And this verse is um, actually a verse that we here at Crosstown are using. Um, By the time this podcast comes out, we'll have just kicked off our new immersive series, sermon series called Transformed. And the theme verse for that is Romans 12, 2. And I want to read it to you. This is in the Amplified Version. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you. So that verse really speaks to me because it tells us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world. So maybe you have been someone who set resolutions according to the patterns of the world in the past. Don't be conforming to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I love that word renewal. We talked about this a little bit, Suzanne. Biblically, when we're thinking of renewal, what is that? What does that look like? Um, Renewal, biblical renewal is the idea of a bunch of uh, words that I can't pronounce um, <laughs> because they're in Hebrew or <laughs> Greek or something, and it's all Greek to me. But it's to cause something to become new and different um, with the implication of becoming superior, to make new. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, though, when you think about the idea of renewal? It's not just bringing it back to its former way, but it's restoring it to something that was even better. And I think that really is the picture that we see. 
is this idea of being renewed in our mind. It's not just that I'm going to go back to the mind of Stacy that didn't sin 15 minutes ago and I'm being restored to that. No, it's being renewed. Scripture tells us we have the mind of Christ. That is a perfect and holy mind. And we have that mind. And so allowing God to renew me um, in my mind is making my mind better than it was originally even, superior, having those higher thoughts like Colossian talks about, do not set your mind on the things below, but set your minds on the things above. You know, that idea of thinking about the truth of who God calls us to be. And he says that we are created in righteousness and holiness of truth. I mean, when I come off of a failure or when I have sinned and I have done something I wasn't supposed to, I'm not feeling the holiness of truth and the righteousness of God. I don't know about you. No, for sure. And I think even if it's not a sin, right, we are talking about sin and things like that. But in our own minds, we create a sin that's not really a biblical sin because we fail to reach a goal that we set for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So it may not even be what we would call sin in the biblical sense, but we've made it a sin in our own lives, right? So we've condemned ourselves mm. to, you know, in this failure of a goal that maybe was never even intended for us, that God never even had for us. Um, but I do love when you were talking to me, it just hit me, um, you know, in my goal book too, not a goal book, I don't even know why I called it that. It's a, literally a journal with a piece of paper that has two pages written on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, just uh, been making this prayer for a fractured relationship to restore this relationship, restore this relationship. And when you said that to me, it was like, yeah, I don't want that same relationship just to be made better. I want a new relationship there, a superior. new one, superior than what it ever was. And, you know, I think about Ephesians 3.20, that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And I think that kind of could be tied into this renewal because in my mind, I can't imagine the brand new relationship that's been healed and whole. It would way supersede what I can think of in my mind if God decides to do that. Um, but so, yeah, that idea of making it new and not just kind of like gluing it back together. Right. To that's make right. it new again or seem new or almost new. Yeah. It's like, no, it's new. It's brand new. Right. It's like we we have a hard time understanding that concept, I think, because mm -hmm. when I think renewal, I almost think renovation. Right. You know, I, I in my mind, have subconsciously equated renewal with renovation. Mm. And he's not just renovating. It is superior. It's brand new. And I love that analogy that you were talking about, or that example that you just gave us with the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect example of, we all have some fractured relationship sure, in our absolutely. life, every single one of us. And when we're praying for reconciliation in that relationship or a healing in that, there's a reason that the relationship was fractured. There was right. something that caused the fracture. And what we're looking for is a renewal of that, that it's going to be even better. Right. I love yeah. that. And there's so much hope in that when we think of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it doesn't, it's not a hundred percent relying on me. Right. You know, there's a supernatural aspect to that renewal. I can't alone renew that. That's right. right? I might can renovate some of it, like you're saying, but if I want a brand new relationship, that's a, a supernatural act of God. Absolutely. It is. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that's in us, moving in us, 
to accomplish that. That's so true. So we kind of hit on this, I guess, a little bit when we opened up and I shared how I felt when I didn't meet my goal. But let's talk about that for a few minutes, because by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be the end of January. Mm -hmm. And some of us may be listening to this and thinking, oh, yeah, I had a goal to read the Bible. So I'll be honest, I had a goal to read the Bible through the year uh, in a year. I've never done that. And my husband and my daughter did it last year. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Um, So I did it for two days. (laughs) That's all I made it. I made it two days. And now I'm so far behind. This is why I don't set that goal, because now I'm so far behind. I have to read like 70 chapters or something. It's it's a lot of reading. I'm going to tell you what. If you decide to read the Bible in a year, you better pull some people with you, because when you hit Leviticus and Numbers and all that, it's going to take a supernatural act of God to get through (laughs) that by yourself. (laughs) It is. It is. It's heavy. I, I tried to do that, too, several times. Um, and I give up because you want to know why I give up and it's not, and I don't, I think I struggle too to feel like a failure with that when I've set that as an, a goal for the year is because there are times when I need the word of God, when Leviticus isn't going to do it for me yes. and numbers isn't going to do it for me. And there now are, back off numbers. Numbers no, 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 is good. No, I'm always defending okay. numbers. Yeah, no. I'm just kidding. And there's lots of other books, <laughs> but those, I think that's where I left off in Leviticus and I finally finished it. Um, But I'm just saying there is goodness in that book, and God spoke to me through those books, and I can pull out notes and see where God used even those books to to speak truth to me. But when I'm hurting or I need encouragement, those aren't the typical places. And so I get out of order. And like you, I kind of don't go back, and that's probably where I need to look at, like, yeah, you know, maybe that's an area for growth for me. Like, if I don't—if I'm not staying on the schedule— yes. Then do I feel like I fail and then I just quit? Is that what's happening? I don't know because I haven't really reflected on that till right in this moment. So that's good. No, I totally agree with that. And I was just teasing you because I do (laughs) feel the same way. For me, I'm the same thing. Like I do want to read the Bible all the way through, but a lot of times when I go, I need something to soothe me. I need something to either, um, give me energy and strength or to help me work through an issue that I'm having or heal a brokenness that I'm bringing. And so I just am like, yeah, I don't have time to read the book of Leviticus. And I'm not hating on Leviticus. I bet somebody out there has a great verse out of Leviticus. We want to challenge you. Find a really encouraging verse out of Leviticus and share it with us. There is good stuff in there. It's just a it's um, a tiresome read. Yes. Yes, it is. It's so since we're savor, it's kind of like certain foods. Indian food, it's kind of like Indian food, unless you love Indian food. I don't love Indian food, but I bet you there's a spice or two that I could put in some of my food that I'm like, oh, that's good. That's just what this dish needed. Exactly. And so Leviticus is in. Yeah. Yeah. We're hating on Leviticus, but we don't (laughs) get to be. So um, I think. As we were talking about this, Suzanne, I think you had some scripture that really helped you when you thought about this idea of what happens when we don't meet our goals or, um, you know, what, how we face that. And the reason this actually came up is because of a social media post. If you guys don't follow her, what are you on Instagram? Suzanne Kuba? Yeah, really hard to find. <laughs> Just my name. <laughs> I'm not creative. <laughs> She's at Suzanne Kuba on Instagram. If you don't follow her, you need to follow her Instagram because uh, it's great. She's great at it. But one of the things that provoked this conversation was something you posted on Instagram about productivity and how we measure ourselves based on whether or not we're producing. Yeah, I'm actually trying to pull it up. Um, 
Yeah, I think it, this was where I posted, like, I was just thinking my heart was heavy for people who are setting resolutions or just feel overwhelmed by all of this and, you know, constantly trying, I need to be a new me, I need to be a better me, because that is an exhaustive constant, and I think we're bombarded with it in the new year. And so it was just some reminders about, you know, our work doesn't change based on what we accomplish or what we don't accomplish. So whether you are accomplishing your goals or not accomplishing your goals or quitting on your goals, that does not change um, your worthiness in Christ. Okay, stop right there. Ladies, you need to hear that. I I really think we can say we hear it, but somebody needs to hear that. Your worthiness does not come from whether or not you meet your goals. That is not where we get our worthiness from. And the world is going to tell you, yes, it does. And that's why I think the idea of Romans saying, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. The pattern of the world is your worth is based on how much you achieve. And so I just think that's huge, Suzanne. It was really something that ministered to my heart when I saw it on your Instagram page. So thank you for sharing. Well, good. Well, I'm glad because usually um, anything that I post is something that's already, God has already ministered to my heart um, and my need. But, you know, I just think too, like if you are one of those people, which I feel like we're all in good company here. I mean, Stacey and I have told you over and over about goals we set that we don't hit, you know? And I think that um, if you, and and I think we're in good company because Paul even says in Romans um, 7, 18, it says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So, It's like, and then he goes on to say, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's the sin living in me that does it. So again, there is an idea of sin, but also just the idea like, hey, I I set my mind on this and I want to do this, but I'm not doing it. You know, I do the things I want and I don't, and I don't do the things I want. And so, I mean, that's like a mouthful, but it's like, we're in good company. I mean, the apostle Paul struggled, then we should expect ourselves to struggle, but there's some freedom in that. Um, in fact, I did a little uh, a thing and I looked up the definition for resolution and it said a firm decision to do or not do something. Mm. But a goal in light of Romans seven eighteen, set next to Philippians four thirteen, which is I can do all things who through God who gives me strength. A goal is um, you, the, something that you set that you can find freedom in, not Ooh. failure. You know, that's that's a goal. So my if my goal is to grow in Christ and I don't hit this this, you know, resolution that I've set, there's no shame. There's no conviction in that. I mean, condemnation in that um, there should be freedom in my goals with Christ because Christ brings us freedom. So that was just kind of something that in the light of Romans 718 paired with Philippians 413 a goal is something that's more that we can find freedom, not failure. Mm. Now, it's not always going to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so true, to always look towards freedom, not failure, and that, that idea of goal. That's really good. I will include that in the show notes because that's, <laughs> really, that's really good. I'm going to need to go back and uh, read that. You know, we kind of alluded to this, too, a little bit because when we don't meet our goals, we do feel accused. 
and we know who the great accuser mm-hmm. is. Satan is the accuser. And um, Suzanne and I had listened to this sermon, and there was a quote in it that we wanted to share with you guys because it was so powerful. It says, accusation gets its power from agreement. And so, I don't know, you said something earlier in the podcast, oh, like, my goal is so much better. So the enemy is accusing you, thinking, because you want to compare, oh, Stacy's goal sounds so much better than my goal. There was an accusation. Well, your job, when that accusation comes, do not agree with it. So you do not agree with that, do you, Suzanne? Not at all. <laughs> She's scared I'm going to hit her, you no, guys. No, She's like, like backing up. <laughs> no, but I think that's something that's so powerful When we hear those accusations of you're a failure, you're no good, you're dumb, you're always going to have financial trouble, you're never going to be different, you're never going to be able to control your anger, you're never going to be able to control your shopping addiction, you're never going to be able to control your gossip. When you hear absolutes and you hear derogatory language to you, it is 100% of the time an accusation. So do not come into agreement with it. Come out of agreement with that lie that you are defined by what you produce. Come out of agreement with that and literally say out loud, I come out of agreement with that lie. I mean, I'm about to get in preacher mode. Get it, girl. Get it. It is It is my heart's passion. I hear so many women who believe lies about themselves and they are being deceived and their part is that they agree with it. I mean, just last night, Chris and I had a conversation and I said, I think I'm tired of you thinking I'm an idiot. I am not an idiot. You think I'm an idiot. And he was like, I have never once in my life thought that you were an idiot. But in my mind, he thinks I'm an idiot because he says something. And he was like, what is wrong with you? That is a lie. That is not true. But what has happened is he said one thing and I have interpreted it a different way. And then the enemy has accused, oh yeah, he thinks you're an idiot. I mean, wouldn't he want, wouldn't the enemy want me to think that my husband thinks I'm an idiot? Because then it makes me angry. And then it makes me question, am I really smart? Because out of everybody in the world's approval, I want Chris's approval. Next to God, I want Chris's approval. No one else can approve, but if Chris approves, I'm good. And so for me to think that he thinks I'm an idiot, I'm standing in agreement with that. And so I was convicted. I cannot agree with that accusation that has come my way. I have to step out of agreement with it. So I stand out of agreement with the accusation that my husband thinks I'm an idiot. And there's going to be freedom in that for me when I keep walking in that. So the next time Chris asks me a question clarifying something, I am not going to believe that he's questioning me, thinking that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think you just walked us into a goal that we should all have this year, is that we will not stand in agreement with the accusations from the enemy. Ooh, that's good. Because what you just said about... Oh, crikey. I can't remember what you said now, but <laughs> it was good, Stacey. <laughs> it was really good. No, um, just the idea, oh, like you said, if if you are hearing something derogatory, you need to know that that's either you, which, right, we speak to ourselves that way, and, or it's the enemy. God is never going to talk to you like that. You, you He made you in his own image. He, he's never going to say, you're so stupid, you're such an idiot, you're such a failure, you're never going to get this right. That is not the voice of God. Amen. We can know that for sure because in Romans, it says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So now I may hear a kind rebuke every time the Lord has rebuked me. It has been kind, incredibly kind. It's never been derogatory. So explain what you mean by when God rebukes you. What does that look like? 
So, well, golly, Suzanne, you make me get into my business, huh? No, no, no. I just mean, like, like some people may not understand that concept. Like, God's rebuking me. What does that mean? Right. It doesn't have to be what it is. But, like, if I just, if someone said God's rebuking me, what does that mean? So, for me, one of the big areas that I struggle with is my um, anger and my quick-tempered response to my family members. Oh, I'm in, I'm in good company. You are in great company. So I get really angry really quick, and I'm mean, and I'm downright rude and unkind to my family members, and it's wrong. And Scripture says, don't do that. You know, wives don't speak to your husbands this way. Don't treat your children this way. And so there are times when I have yelled at Joshua or said something really hurtful to Chris out of anger, and I just hear the Lord say, is that is that really the way you should be speaking? And so it's not a, it's more of a question when he rebukes me or when he corrects me. So rebuke seems like a harsh word, but it's just a, when he's correcting an action, it's a conviction that comes very soft, but it's more asking, is that the best? Is that the best representation of Christ? Is that really the best thing to say right now? And so immediately I just say, God, forgive me. Please forgive me, and I'm forgiven. Now, it takes me a little bit of time Mm -hmm. before I go to my husband and ask for forgiveness because I am stubborn. (laughs) But God's kind and patient, so that's what I mean. Yeah, and that's all I meant is, you know, thank you for sharing that with us. I think there's probably a lot of us who relate to that story. Um, But just the idea that when we hear, sometimes I think when we say God rebuked me, it's this, like, real, especially if you grew up in, like, the Bible Belt, it's like hellfire and damnation fallen on you. And it's just, it's not. It's what you said. It's the kindness of God. And I love that it's a question because when you read scripture, most of the time in the Bible, we see in, in, we see Jesus asking his disciples questions. Yes. And you're like, he's, he's Jesus. He's God. He knows the answer. But again, he's asking us because he wants us to have the answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, that's good. That's good. Well, what we'll do for you guys is um, we're going to include a link to the sermon uh, that included that quote that said accusation gets its uh, power from agreement because it's a sermon that I'm going to listen to probably once a month. It's just a really great sermon. Um, doesn't really have much to do with setting goals, but it's an encouraging sermon. No, if you want to know how to tell Satan to bounce, yes. that's the one. That's the, the sermon, sermon for you. <laughs> and there's a song that we're also going to include, and it's called Protector. And uh, my friend Heather shared it with me a couple of years ago. And one of the lines says, I come out of agreement with the lie. And so it's a really good song as you are setting um, this goal of no longer standing in agreement with the lies that the enemy is going to shoot our way. So that's really good. So let's, as we're wrapping up, let's talk about what are some practical, if you want to set some goals, and remember how Suzanne defined goals. Goals are for freedom, right? Isn't that what you're saying? And so what are some practical ways that we can set goals? Um, you well, you know, for me, you can set goals. I mean, there's so many ways. There is, um, I have only looked at it briefly, but all over the internet, there's something called Power Sheets by yes. Cultivate. So if you're someone who really likes to, like, physically write it out and check boxes, and I love a good checklist, but I this is not, like, this doesn't work for me with goal setting um, because it tends to, I'll get to it probably once every two weeks and it'll remind me all the things I didn't do. So for me, that's not an edifying process. Um, 
so, but there's so many ways. So you can actually look for something online where you can actually fill out. It's already kind of like a template for you. You can do it notes on your phone. I think just something that is somewhat visual for you to keep it your focus, right? Like Paul talks about keeping your eyes on the on the prize. Um, for me, I do something that I just started doing, and again. There's two things that I set to do this year, really, is one was to be a little bit more organized and um, to start a prayer journal. So we're on day 14 of January today, and I have two entries in my prayer journal. Now, hey, that's just how my life is. Am I going to quit it? No, I'm going to keep going because that's my goal for the year, but I'm not going to hit it every day. Does this mean I don't pray on those days? No, it just means I didn't write them out or write it or however. But um, so that's some, but I have a little, I read this um, thing about a note card. And you take just like a three by five note card at the end of every night or the beginning of the day, I guess, depending on how your your schedule is. And you write out your top three priorities for the day. For, so I do mine at night. So I would write out my top three priorities for the next day. So sometimes it looks like go to work, pick up my son and make dinner. I mean, that's just... <laughs> hey, those are good priorities. That's, that's a good priority for the day. Um, and then I might write one or two things that will help me with my long-term goal you know, whatever that may be. Um, again, I'm not going to throw out a lot of a lot of goals because, again, I didn't do a lot of goal planning. Um, so that's those are a couple of practical things that I um, think about when I think of tips or whatever. Those are great. I really appreciate those because I think that's very helpful. I love the note card idea and just make it simple and write it out. That's good. And then I feel a sense of accomplishment, except we're not living for that, right? Well, <laughs> I will say, that. like I said, I like checklists. So if I do something that's not on that note card and at night I will write it on the note card just so I can check it off. <laughs> like it's that sick. But I also don't like the like power sheets where you constantly are doing it. So yeah. I'm more organic with it, you know. There you go. There you go. You got to find what works for you, I think, is important. And again, in the show notes, we'll include the uh, link to, I think it's Cultivate What Matters is the one who does power sheets. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we'll include that link. One of the things I like to do is record voice voice memos on my phone. And so that helps me to process and set some goals. So you might want to, if you're more of an audio person, um, you might want to record voice memos rather than writing the notes on your phone. And you just told me that. And I, I think my phone was just so old. You guys, I just upgraded from the six. I know <laughs> y'all are like, what? How did those even work? I don't know. It didn't very well. So I just did some voice memos because I drive a lot and I loved it. It was amazing. So thank you for that tip. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny to go back and listen to my voice memos from like 2012. Oh, man. I would be scared to listen to those yeah. for myself. For myself. <laughs> no, I'm scared to you. listen to mine, too. But I do have some of Joshua and Aww. his little baby voice. It's so sweet. Anyway, we, we digress. <laughs> the other one um, that we do as a family that we started about, I don't know, six or seven years ago is instead of necessarily a goal as a family, we do have a word as a family. Every year we pick a family word. And it's been really cool to see how the Lord has used that word in our family. Um for instance, our year of joy, which was in 2017, it was the year that my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer, and I needed to find the joy of the Lord in that year. He ended up passing away in 2018, but um, throughout that year of joy, there were so many 
times when the Lord reminded me of his joy and I got to savor those joyful moments with my dad that year. Um, and it was just really cool experience. So last year, our word was hope. And we learned some things about hope. And actually, we'll be teaching about that at our Encounter weekend. So if you're coming to Encounter, it's just in like a week or so from when this gets released. Yep, I think so. Um, we're excited. We're going to be doing some teaching on that. But our year, this our word this year is peace. And it's really cool to have a word for the year because it can guide if you don't know how to what to do in your daily quiet time and your devotion you can look up verses about that word you can read sermons about that word you can um, study that word and so it's just a more organic way to have some goals and so that's one of the ways that we do it. So those are some practical tips. We hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode. As we end today, we are going to ask a new question to each other um, <laughs> just to share with you because it is the Savor podcast. So we got to talk a little bit about food. So Something that we're savoring. Yes. yes. So what snack are you savoring right now, Suzanne? So you asked me that in the beginning and I was like, I have no idea. Um, because I, I don't know. Um, but I was sitting here and I was reminded that the other night I Googled is eating too many pickles bad for you. And so, (laughs) (laughs) which I should have known the answer, like you, anything too much of anything is not good for you. But, um, I am really digging the Clawson pickles. They have to be Clawson. I can't just eat any pickles. All right. So if you've never had a Clawson pickle. There go you go. One. There's your challenge for the day. But I am loving me some pickles right now, <laughs> which is so weird and unexciting. <laughs> no, I love it. Pickles. Okay. That's good. I like spicy pickles. There's some um, spicy pickles that I like to eat. So, But I'm not a huge pickle. F- I don't think I could. You're eating like dill pickles yeah. or sweet pickles? Oh, no. Dill pickles. Okay. Dill p- and no, I'm not pregnant. That's what <laughs> I, I will not lie. Jeremy's walked into the kitchen and I've been drinking a little pickle juice out the jar and he's oh. like, because it's empty and I don't want to throw all the pickle. I mean, just a little bit. It's so delicious. No. And he's like, are you pregnant? And I'm like, no, it's not even possible. Like, why are you asking me that? <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Pickle juice and pickles. Yeah, okay. So I'm weird. Well, there you go. Maybe people will think I'm weird. My savoring snack right now is slicing a pear and slicing up blue cheese and putting a little bit of blue cheese on the pear. And I'm really loving that snack right now. So That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, well, I'll try to get behind your pick. I'll eat a pickle, but I can't drink the juice. I got to draw Just the a line little set. Just a little, a little one, Stacey. Well, actually, I take that back. I did pour jalapeno juice all over something the other night, and Chris was like, you know that's just vinegar, right? And I was like, it tastes like jalapenos. It's good to me. There so, you go. There you go. There you go. And we want to end today with our savor moment. So we have a couple of things for you to think about uh, for your savor moment. The first one is, you know, maybe just set aside some time to get alone with God to ask him to help you identify some areas that you would like to see growth in or see freedom in this year. And remember, freedom is not necessarily meeting a resolution, but it is working towards that goal. And so, you know, maybe get alone and ask God. If you're still really struggling with that, ask a friend. Um, Ask someone that you trust to say, hey, do you see an area of my life that you think that I could have some growth in? Uh, um, And the last thing we want to encourage you to do, like I said earlier, we have just kicked off Transformed here at Crosstown. We have over 15 small groups that are meeting every day of the week, pretty much, some during the day, some in the evening, some at church, some in homes. 
Um, we encourage you, check out the Transform series that is happening on Sunday mornings. Be a part of a transformed group. And as we go through this year, let's continue to press onto the goal that uh, is Christ Jesus and be renewed by the transforming of our minds so that we can know what the will of God is. Isn't that what we want? We want to know that. And so here are some practical tips in doing that. We're so glad that you guys joined us for the Saver podcast. And um, we love you. But remember, God loves you more. Bye. Thank you for being with us today here at Saver. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR, women's ministry, or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us. Thank you.